welcome you into another edition of State Lines, where you get the best gambling information. My co-host is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. The NFL season is over. Tom Brady has tossed the Lombardi Trophy from his boat to another boat. Everybody saw that on TV during the Buccaneers celebration. So as we move into pro football off-season mode, that doesn't mean the wagering information stops for pro football. The other sports are heating up as well, especially college basketball. So, John, as we get into it the last few weeks since we talked just after the Super Bowl, uh, no surprise. I think they've been doing this really since they had Jay Cutler those few years and he didn't work out the Bears quarterback position. Uh, Long term, he wasn't the answer. But prior to that, maybe uh, when they parted ways with Jim McMahon, the Bears, it seems always looking for a quarterback. And it won't be Carson Wentz. We know he was traded from the Eagles to the Colts for a couple of draft picks earlier this month of February as we speak. So we have a story also breaking thanks to our producer, Kevin, who brought it to us just before we started taping this podcast that uh, Russell Wilson hasn't asked for a trade from the Seahawks. He's 32 years old, but there are four teams. If he was traded to, he would go to one of those, uh, the Chicago Bears, along with the Cowboys, the Saints, and also the Raiders. Now, I doubt that happens, but it's still food for thought. Wilson's one of the top quarterbacks in the game. So I want to hear, John, your thoughts about the Bears quarterback position. Uh, Is there any hope for Bears fans that they're going to find somebody they like for 2021? Or is it either somebody they find in the draft or maybe a a second-tier free agent or possibly even another year Mitchell Trubisky? Well, Jason, it's great to be back on the air with you and uh, certainly enjoying uh, what has been a a busy NFL offseason, even in the first two weeks of it right here. And yeah, great find by producer Kevin, uh, this story, which is just such a perfect example of how the NFL is a year-round league, no matter what's going on. Even this example of a quarterback denying that there is even a trade possibility on the table, you know, it's not something being discussed, but he still gets a list of teams out there that he would accept a trade to, which in turn creates a story and gets us talking about it and gets Bears fans excited and and the rest of the teams that were listed uh, on, on Russell Wilson's short list here. So, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting few weeks for Bears fans, I think. And I don't mean this literally, but I think we dodged a bullet as a fan base by not trading for Carson Wentz. Nothing really against him. I'm not as low on Carson Wentz as I feel like everybody else was reading, listening, talking to people about it. It just seemed like nobody was interested in making the trade for the former Eagles QB. And he ends up in Indy for a decent package, I think less than people were expecting. And depending on what you read, it sounds like the Bears didn't even really make an offer to the Eagles for Wentz. So I'm going to give that a little bit of kudos to Ryan Pace. I'm sure he is uh, frantically trying to figure out how to save his job and possibly his career after his quarterback decisions have been nothing short of awful in in almost every way that you can acquire a quarterback through a draft, a free agent, and a trade. Ryan Pace has managed to lower the bar on all three of those transaction types uh, with who he's picked up. Mitch, uh, going back way back uh, to Mike Glennon, and of course the trade for Nick Foles this past offseason so something's going to give with the Bears Uh, the Russell Wilson idea is absolutely tantalizing I I just can't imagine a more energized fan base if they were to make a move and pull off getting Wilson Uh, not only is he a a great quarterback uh, he is such an exciting player to watch and for 
the level of quarterback play that we've had to endure these last few years, and really for most of my adult life as a Bears fan, it would be such a reward for our patients to get to watch Russell Wilson 16 times a year, and hopefully uh, more than that when they make it to the playoffs. So we still don't know a lot about this situation. Like we said, this broke just minutes before we decided to start to record today. So by the next time we talk, this could be completely squashed, or Russell Wilson could be a Bear. But either way, I'm excited just at the prospect that the Bears did not jump on Carson Wentz, you know, kind of the first quarterback out of the shoot here. Still a long offseason, still a draft coming up. They've got a lot of time to decide what they want to do with the quarterback position. John, I just don't see it. Maybe they'll change it. Maybe I'll be wrong. And I look, I'll admit when I'm wrong, last year I didn't see Tom Brady leaving the Patriots to go to the Buccaneers. and He's a Super Bowl champ uh, with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his first season there that was just completed. So I guess who am I to, to rain on the Bears fans parade right now? But I just don't see this one happening. And the big difference between Brady and Russell Wilson is that Russell Wilson's under contract with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't see the Bears having or rather wanting they they have enough you always have enough to offer but how much is too much Russell Wilson's going to be 33 years old this coming year he's a great player but what's it going to take to get him three number ones two number ones and two number twos and a three I mean you're going to have to trade a ton to get him the Bears on their roster I don't know what they would give up they're not going to trade probably somebody like Khalil Mack for him so what would the Bears give up on their current roster Uh, that would get back Russell Wilson. And if you look at the Matthew Stafford trade, I think the Lions absolutely fleeced the Rams in that deal, but it's because the Rams and and Sean McVay were desperate for a quarterback, and Sean McVay decided that Jared Goff wasn't his guy, so he sent him to the Lions uh, with with some very high draft capital to get back Matthew Stafford, who's had an up-and-down career in the NFL with with a bad franchise, admittedly, but it's not like Matthew Stafford is future Hall of Famer written all over him, and Russell Wilson does. So I don't see that one happening just because I don't think uh, the Bears would have to trade so much to get him. Plus, I don't think the Seahawks want to give him up. But maybe I'll be wrong. And maybe if the Bears got him, look, if, if they could get him for a somewhat, I guess, decent price, though I don't think they can again. But if they could, it'd be great to have Russell Wilson in a Bears uniform. Uh, as far as Carson Wentz, I agree with you. Nobody wanted Carson Wentz except for the Colts because he played as a when Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator in Philly. He had a lot of success. Wentz did under Frank Reich. Now Reich's the head coach of the Colts. And I, I think the Eagles got a lot back for a guy nobody wanted but Indianapolis. They got a, a three this year, a two next year that could bump up to a number one if Wentz takes uh, 75% of the snaps for the Colts this year so uh, I don't think the Bears wanted to give that up and they weren't going to beat the Colts offer for Carson Wentz so I'm with you on that one and as far as some of the other guys here John let me take a look at DraftKings right now as we continue here on state lines how about Sam Darnold right now the Jets are plus 125 on DraftKings uh, to have Sam Darnold as uh, their quarterback next year on their roster but the Bears the Washington football team and the 49ers are also also on the board, and they're plus 500 now as the next choices after the Jets if Sam Darnold doesn't stay there. Uh, what do you think of the chances, and do you, would you like the idea of the Bears uh, making a play to get Sam Darnold? As much as I like uh, the idea of the Bears making a, a splash and getting a new quarterback into the mix, even to just freshen things up, because honestly, I'm selfish at this point. I just can't watch this offense over and over and over again. I was tricked at the beginning of the year, that last uh, quarter and a half of of the uh, Falcons game where Nick Foles came in and there was just this uh, intoxicating thought 
that the Bears offense had been fixed and Foles was back and he was going to continue to just uh, put up points and throw the ball down the field. I'm chasing that high once again. I I really just need a new body taking snaps for the Bears. Uh, But I do not advocate for going backwards. And I think if they hired uh, Sam Darnold or brought him in, whatever you want to call it, uh, that would be a step backwards because I, at this point, uh, I, I believe that there's only a few people who I would prefer Mitchell Trubisky over I think Sam Darnold is one of them. And I was a pretty big fan of his in college. Um, You know, I'm a a Pac-12 football fan, so I watch a lot of USC games. And uh, what I saw in college out of him looked like he had every tool to make it Um, you know, as an NFL quarterback. And then he gets to New York and like a lot of people do, you know, you end up on the Jets and you get some bad seasons and then suddenly your seat becomes so hot that you can barely even stand it. And before you know it, your time in New York has come to an end. So there's a part of me that's curious whether or not uh, the Adam Gase experiment uh, rubbed off on Darnold the wrong way and maybe kept him from being a quarterback uh, uh, that, uh, you know, he was in college or that people thought he could be. But I'm not willing to take that risk again because because if you add Darnold to the mix of that list of quarterbacks that I said in the last uh, few minutes here uh, that Ryan Pace has went out and acquired in a bunch of different ways, that list just looks worse and worse and worse. So it's an interesting bet, you know, from a, from the gambler's perspective, which we provide here on State Lines. If you're looking at your DraftKings app and you see that uh, the Bears are uh, close to the second favorite team to uh, pick up, uh, actually they're tied with a couple others to be the second favorite team for Darnold to come in there. Um, I would leave this one for the Niners or the Washington football team I would not want the Bears to pursue this so I can't uh, advocate to uh, putting some money against uh, the Bears picking him up I I would rather I I believe he'll probably end up staying with the Jets although there's not good value there right now at plus 125 Uh, but I just don't see a big market for him especially with Deshaun Watson who I have a feeling we're going to talk about here in a few minutes Uh, with his status up in the air until he decides where he's going I don't think anyone's even interested in talking to Darnold or, or a lot of quarterbacks for that matter if you can get Sam Darnold cheap meaning lower round draft pick or a couple lower round draft picks I might take flyer on him if I'm the Bears if that's the best thing I can get out there simply because of what John just said about playing for Adam Gaze and the Jets look I don't think Sam Darnold's going to be a very good NFL quarterback but I hedged that a little bit by saying he played for one of the worst NFL head coaches I can remember in Adam Gaze. And it is amazing how the Jets find these guys dating back even to Richie Kotite when he coached the Jets. They they get, they get Adam Gaze there after he was basically had done a bad job in Miami and they have to get him on their, on their coaching staff to be the head guy right away. So the Jets are a disaster. Maybe Darnold fell victim to being in a really, really bad spot. I remember his first year there, they had absolutely no weapons on offense for him whatsoever. So I don't think he's going to be a very good NFL player, but again, if you could bring him in on a low round or a couple low round picks and maybe get him a chance to show what he could do, I, I, I actually would be for that. However, when I talk bad about Adam Gaze, I forget to, to talk about who the Bears coach is. And, and look, I don't trust Matt Nagy to turn around anybody. So if this was a situation where you're getting uh, Sam Darnold as a long-term project uh, to play for Matt LaFleur in Green Bay or some of the other coaches, that maybe Sean McVay with the, the Rams, who's a really good offensive guy. Obviously, Bruce Arians is great down in Tampa. If you were grooming him to take over for Tom Brady in a few years, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's an exciting thing. Maybe they can find something very, very uh, diamond in the rough oriented here by getting Sam Darnold. But with Matt Nagy aboard, I, I don't think he's the guy to turn around Sam Darnold's career. So because I think it might be a good value play, I, I, I take a look at it. But again, 
I don't have much faith that Matt Nagy is going to be the guy to turn around Sam Darnold. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where we get the best gambling information out there. And we'll continue here on the DraftKings app, John. And you mentioned it, Deshaun Watson. That's the big name. Uh, in the quarterback derby in the NFL that could change teams this year. Of course, he's under a long-term contract with the Texans. He does not want to play there next year and going forward. The Texans say they don't want to trade him. They got a new coach in David Culley who they're hoping can be the guy that maybe wakes Deshaun Watson up to how good the Texans uh, organization can be in their mind, even though I don't know if that's necessarily the case or Deshaun buys in, but they're hoping he can sell Watson eventually on the Texans here before the season starts. But here are the odds, John, for Deshaun Watson. Texans plus 250 to play there next year. The Panthers, the the second choice at plus 300. Their owner, David Tepper, is the richest owner in the NFL. I believe he's a hedge fund guy. He's a money manager. So they got a lot of money that they could throw around. The Panthers could to put weapons around Deshaun Watson, who already has a long-term big money deal. The Bears, though, are now the third choice, along with the Broncos, tied at plus 400. Uh, then the Niners are plus 600, and, and the Dolphins are plus 800. So interesting here, John, that the Bears, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and the Bears were like 15-1, to 1, I think. Now they're only 4-1. to one. They have Watson as their quarterback to start this coming season. Uh, what do you think? Again, this is like Russell Wilson. He's a very good player, but you'd have to give up a lot to get him. Yeah, and I, we've been talking about this now, it feels like, for two months, but it's pretty much the prevailing story in the NFL. It's such a big deal. Um, it's going to really shift a, a team's Super Bowl chances, playoff chances, division-winning chances, wherever he goes, because he is clearly the best quarterback uh, by numbers and by playoff appearances, I believe, that's available. Um, you know, that's not a, a Drew Brees, whose status is still up in the air. Um, and yes, although has a big contract, is still in the prime of his career or just about to enter it. But we've been talking about this, like I said, for so long, and, and I keep coming back to one team and it just makes so much sense in my head that I'm looking at the DraftKings app right now. I think I'm going to actually lock this bet in. It's the Washington football team at plus 1300. And here's my logic. They're going to unveil a, a new name, I'm sure, sometime before they snap the, the ball. Maybe they'll continue with the Washington football team because it kind of got a cult standing uh, in this one odd NFL season that they've existed. Uh, people started to actually take it on and enjoy it. It, it wasn't uh, as ridiculous as people thought maybe when it was first announced, so maybe they'll keep it. But one way or another, they're going to try and rebrand their franchise, and what better to do that with uh, than a new quarterback? And Deshaun Watson, I believe, would fit in nicely with Ron Rivera and what he's uh, done in the past with Cam Newton. Uh, I think that he's a really good manager of the locker room. I think guys love to play for him. And the problems that uh, are happening in Houston and why we're even talking about this seems to be that Deshaun Watson is not getting along with management or coaching or, or whatever it is. He's just not happy in that locker room setting. So I think that would be a good fit for him. I think that the Washington football team is a playoff team because they made the playoffs this year and lost to Tom Brady in a game that was more competitive than anybody thought it was going to be. And they had Taylor Heineke, I believe, at, at quarterback in that game. So you got to believe that if you had Deshaun Watson, you would have done a little bit better and may have even beaten Tom Brady and won a playoff game. So as much of a long shot as it seems, if I'm reading this right, and you know, I believe what the Washington football team contingent is trying to do, restart their franchise, reboot their franchise, but still have a good on-the-field product, which they, they did last year. I mean, they won that division with the losing record or 500 record, whatever they were at. Uh, and yes, it wasn't necessarily a banner year for the NFC East, uh, but that door's still open. And if you add Deshaun Watson to the mix, that might, might 
be a, a, an, a, an NFC contender. I, I, I hesitate to call him a Super Bowl contender, but that might be a team that uh, people are going to start to have to take seriously in the NFC. So I like that one. It's big odds, but this is where you know you can have some fun with these long shot future bets. Uh, for Bears fans, I, I do think that there's a chance that Ryan Pace tries to right some, some wrongs from his past and makes a big deal to get Watson, but I still don't think that that's realistic. I think that that's, uh, it, the price is just going to be too sweet for him to get to come to the Bears so I think that he's I, I think that the the, the Washington football team is going to be my pick if only for the big odds and a big payday if it actually happened sorry to jump on you there John but I, I'm with you I, I don't think he goes to the Bears I, this is the same thing I talked about at the top of the program we mentioned Russell Wilson I just think it's too much to trade the Bears have tried this in recent years look they gave up a ton for Cutler it didn't work out they never got to a Super Bowl now I think both Deshaun I think Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are light years ahead of Jay Cutler I'm not trying to say they're the same player but I'm talking about a guy you perceive to be a franchise quarterback or even is a franchise quarterback you have you make that deal and you have to give up so much to get him and I think what has not worked in the Bears favor here is the Carson Wentz deal and you look at that one, that that trade and the Matthew Stafford trade, those combined with what teams gave up to get Matthew Stafford, the Rams, giving up multiple first-round draft picks to get him. And then you look at what the Colts gave up to get a guy that nobody, literally nobody else wanted. John, you mentioned it. The Bears were in that derby, and then they said thanks, but no thanks. The Colts were the only team that was pursuing Carson Wentz at the end, and they gave up a three this year, a two next year. They could become a number one if he takes 75% of the snaps, which she most certainly will do for the Colts this year unless he's hurt. So, I mean, if Carson Wentz is worth a three and a two next year and maybe a number one if he's just on the field, what's Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson worth? So, I'm with you. I don't think the Bears get either one of those guys. And my gut is that Watson's still with the the Texans. Look, they've got him signed for, I believe, three more years. He's their guy. They drafted him. They developed him. They can play the game of chicken and say – Deshaun, if you don't want to play, that's fine. You can leave a you know, hundred plus million dollars on the table the next few years. We're not trading you. Or you can come to camp and let's make the best of it. And my gut feeling is that's what happens. And if it doesn't, I would look at the Panthers. I think that David Tepper, their owner, really wants to make a splash. Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. They're trying to get a new stadium down there in Charlotte. So it wouldn't surprise me if Watson's the guy. Plus, that's ACC country and he played for Clemson, granted, in South Carolina. But that's right down the road from you know Charlotte not too far away so he's well known he, he'd be a, a huge get for the Panthers so we'll see how that one plays out now one more here for you John and I think this one's free money I, I really do before we get to college basketball one more football item and it concerns the upcoming draft total quarterbacks drafted in the first round the over five is minus 560 and it's over four and a half under four and a half is plus 375 again I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm going to do it for the purpose of this bet. Uh, Carson Wentz, who didn't show he could play at all last year and was a locker room problem. You heard what they got. I just said multiple high draft picks the Colts gave up for a guy that nobody else wanted. Matthew Stafford, who never won a playoff game in over a a decade in Detroit. Uh, The Rams gave up multiple first rounders to get him, and they sent Jared Goff off in that deal too. With the way people reach for quarterbacks these days in the NFL, I don't see how five quarterbacks are not drafted in the first round. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, Zach Wilson, if he's not number two overall, is going to be in the top five. Justin Fields from Ohio State is going to be in the top five. Trey Lance, who, like Carson Wentz, went to North Dakota State. I'd be stunned if he does not 
get drafted in the top half of the first round. He could even be a top 10 guy. And then Mac Jones from Alabama, who had a great season this past year in college football, he's probably a mid to lower, but not completely low. I'd say high, mid to high 20s at the latest he goes. Uh, I don't think he gets to 31 or 32. So you look at those five guys, unless there's some tweet that they said in this crazy culture that we live in in 2021, unless they find a tweet on one of these guys where they said something you're not supposed to stay when they were like in eighth grade, I don't see how these five guys are not drafted in the first round. So it's a lot to invest here. I mean, you have to put 560 to win an additional 100 But to me, that looks like a free $100 if you want to invest the capital. Yeah, and just look at this past year, as weird as it was with the COVID protocols and guys coming and going and dropping off the roster and not being able to practice, just look at some of the names that started at quarterback this year for some really good teams. I mean, even playoff teams had trouble finding quarterbacks at the end of the year, and we're starting them in, in big games with playoff implications, and they just essentially ran out of talent because the wealth of quarterbacks has never been lower in the NFL, in my opinion, than it is right now. The position has just evolved into something that only a handful of people on the planet can do at a high level and the rest of the guys that are in the NFL are just bouncing around from job to job and underperforming here underperforming there and and eventually they end up on the street so you would have to think that based on what I would consider a pretty decent quarterback class in this draft I mean Trevor Lawrence obviously looks like uh, the easiest number one overall pick probably since Andrew Luck at quarterback somebody who just looks like he's ready to uh, you know seamlessly transition from a prolific college career to an NFL starting job. And then the rest of the guys you mentioned, like Wilson and Fields, uh, those guys are, are are no slouches either. And and I think that uh, we're not talking about this, but also on the DraftKings app, uh, there's a forced quarterback drafted option. Uh, and, and guys like Wilson and Fields are plus 800 and plus 1600, respectively. And kind of what happened with Mitch a couple years ago, you never know when a team, if they like a guy, if, you know, somehow throughout the combine process, Lawrence is not impressive or he just kind of falls off, there could easily be a chance where somebody trades up to pass the Jets or the Jets trade down to number two to pick Lawrence. Um, so somebody takes Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or any of these guys ahead of him. So that's a real long shot, but it obviously uh, played out in that way when uh, the Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky uh, off the board as the first quarterback at the number two pick. Nobody uh, expected that to happen, but uh, nonetheless, here we are. So yeah, I I'm with you. I think this is free money. This first round, I think, is just going to be packed with quarterbacks um, and and really the whole draft should be I, I know that it's it's kind of uh, uh, radical to think that every team should draft a quarterback in the first few rounds of a draft but after what we saw on the field this year there better be some new blood in the NFL because I can't keep watching I mentioned him earlier Taylor Heineke great kid but he's not uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees uh, John Wolford who started for the Rams in a playoff game uh, God bless him too but I, I don't think that he's a, a future Hall of Famer there was just a lot of bad quarterback play going on in every division and every conference and almost every Sunday. So I'm looking for this new class of quarterbacks to uh, raise the bar a little bit and get some more competent quarterbacks into the league. Yeah, I think this is a free one. I'm with you, John. Like I said, I think we're on the same page as far as the total quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Take a quick time out here on State Lines. We will return with some college hoops talk. March Madness is right around the corner. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Back with more after this. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to bet $1 on 
on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right, all it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Download the DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app and use code ILSports to get your shot to turn $1 into $100. That's code ILSports for new customers. Only at DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Illinois only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. We welcome you back to State Lines, where you get the best gambling information out there. He is John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Hard to believe, but Selection Sunday is right around the corner. March Madness is on the sports calendar, and the team's making their final push to get into the big dance. Or in the case of the standout team from the state of Illinois, the Fighting Illini, coached by Brad Underwood, they are in the running for a number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. That loss at Michigan State. That ended their seven-game winning streak here in late February for the Illini. That's going to hurt a little bit, but still, some time for the Illini to recover. And then you got the conference tournament in Indy, the Big Ten tournament, coming up in early March. Plus, uh, combine that with how the Illini finish in the regular season. And certainly, a number one seed is still possible. Uh, John, the big news, though, here uh, right before we tape the show, that the Illini, at least... For their game against Nebraska on Thursday night, they're not going to have Io Dosumu, their star guard. Certainly going to be, you would think, a high draft pick in this year's NBA draft. Most likely will come out and uh, declare himself. He tested the draft waters last year and then came back to school. But Io's been a great player. He's in the running for National Player of the Year. Now, the good thing is he's got a broken nose suffered in that Michigan State game. No surprise going against those Tom Izzo Spartans. They always play physical. But I would think that's one they'll fit Io for a mask for, and he'll be good to go. It's the adjustment process when you're wearing a mask and trying to play. You're shooting touch for guards and things like that. How do you adjust to it? But Io's a really tough kid. So we'll, we'll think that he's going to turn out and be just fine despite this injury and, and help the Illini going forward. But give us your thoughts on the Illini. I know you can't bet him here in the state of Illinois, at least uh, on the DraftKings site, because of the fact you can't bet the local college teams here in state when you live here. But give us your thoughts on the Illini and what, the, what kind of the chances they've got uh, with March Madness right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, what a journey it's been. It's, what, the 15th or 16th anniversary from the team that went to the Final Four with D. Brown, uh, you know, and, and that magical game they had at the Rosemont Horizon or Allstate Arena, whatever it was called at that point, uh, where they beat Arizona to come back and go to the Elite Eight, I think it was, or to go to the Final Four. I'm getting all my uh, milestones mixed up. But, but what a team that was and what a team this is. And Brad Underwood has done an absolutely incredible job uh, with this team, and he's hired... Uh, uh, you know, his hire was kind of uninspired for some Illini fans. He wasn't necessarily a massive name. I think he got hired around the same time that, you know, Indiana was picking up Archie Miller, who was making his way up through uh, his program at Dayton. And there were a couple other, you know, high-profile uh, coaches moving around at that time. And Brad Underwood came in. He spent most of his career in some uh, smaller programs, uh, not necessarily in the limelight, and really just turned around uh, the, the, the the program, uh, convinced Asumu to come back this year like you mentioned Jason which to me is one of the toughest things to do uh, as a coach but really speaks to your ability to 
motivate players and get them to buy into the program because at that point they're making a decision against their financial interest. I mean, obviously, if you if if a player comes back after their junior year or or, or freshman year in, in basketball, I should say, and uh, produces at a high level, they can stand to increase their draft position and increase their earnings when they get drafted. But really, it, it comes down to you know building a concept of team, building a a, a, a something together as one. And I think Brad Underwood deserves all the credit for getting uh, one, the players to come to Illinois in the first place, but others uh, to stay and, and build a, a top five program. So yes, as, as much as I would love to put a little bit of money down on the Illini to see, you know, my home state's uh, charter university uh, participate in March Madness for the first time in quite a while, I believe, but certainly at this level, I mean, they may be a one, uh, definitely a two or three seed uh, when it's all said and done. So uh, unfortunately, the law does not allow anyone in Illinois to gamble on collegiate sports that are based in Illinois. So uh, if Northwestern was in the tournament, which, uh, spoiler alert, they definitely are not, um, you, you couldn't bet on them either or Bradley or Augustana or any of these small colleges um, you know, that make it into the NCAA tournament once in a blue moon. Uh, don't forget Loyola Chicago either. The Ramblers look poised to make a, another run back to the, the tournament through uh, the Missouri Valley Conference. So uh, it's an exciting time to be a basketball fan in, L- in, in Illinois. It's a long time coming. I know a lot of Illini fans that are very excited uh, to see their boys from Champaign back on a national stage and, and have another big tournament run ahead of them. Yeah, the one thing I look at Illinois and I really like, look, I think Brad Underwood's a very good coach, but you think about teams that win an NCAA championship, they have usually three NBA players on their roster, but a lot of times two, and I think the Illini have two solid guys that are going to play at the next level, and not only Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn, and you look at what they've been able to accomplish this season. Again, they'd won seven in a row before that Michigan State game. They were peaking at the right time. And losing to Tom Izzo, I don't care what you think about Michigan State as far as this year having a down season. I think they probably get in the NCAA tournament if they finish the regular season strong despite their struggles. And playing up at the Breslin Center is always tough. So, yeah, I'm high on the Illini going into the NCAA tournament. There's no doubt about that. I think that team could really make some noise. Whether they get a number one seed or not really isn't all that important to me. It's wild open this year I think in college basketball and you look at Illinois as possibly a final four team why not go to the championship game why not maybe even win the championship why not is it going to happen probably not because it is a such a big field and it's so hard you got to get some breaks along the way but yeah I think the line are built where they could have a a deep run John into the NCAA tournament now let's talk about some bets on the board here at DraftKings that are pretty interesting here's one I know that you like Uh, For the winning state in the NCAA tournament this year, what team you think is going to win it? You might have that in mind, although you might say there's a few teams that could win it. So what state will have the winner from the NCAA tournament uh, this year? Texas is plus 100. Washington is plus 275. And Michigan's plus 400, Florida's plus 900. So you get the idea. Gonzaga's in the state of Washington. Obviously, Baylor's in the state of Texas. Texas is having a pretty good year, too. Uh, Michigan, uh, the Michigan Wolverines are one of the top teams in the country. Uh, Florida has some good teams there as well. Uh, Pennsylvania also. You know, you think about Villanova being there. That, that's always going to carry them. Ohio, you've got Ohio State. you got the University of uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Xavier's a bubble team this year as well. I don't think they're going to get in, though. But you get the idea. So, John, what are you thinking here as far as teams that 
the, what state do you think could have the winning school in the NCAA tournament this year? Yeah, I think this this is an interesting bet. It kind of opens up some possibilities if you don't want to, uh, you know, chain yourself to just one team. Certainly, the state of Michigan is interesting. Uh, plus four hundred. Uh, you mentioned Michigan uh, University of Michigan being one of the best teams in the country, which they are. But I always like to uh, back at least one blue blood when it comes to uh, tournament time. And and Michigan State uh, looks poised to get back to the tournament uh, with Tom Izzo, who's very comfortable there. So if you bet on on Michigan, maybe you could get a, a Spartan or a, a Wolverine championship in cash at plus 400. I think the state of California is a little interesting. Uh, it's been a while since we've had to worry about UCLA in terms of a, a national championship, but USC is also playing really good basketball out West uh, in the Pac-12, and both of those teams, USC and UCLA, are headed to the tournament, so they could be pretty interesting as four or five or six seeds, depending on how it all shakes out. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of these, you can see the logic. Like we said, Washington is on the list because of Gonzaga. Uh, I, I don't believe in Gonzaga come tournament time. It's just something that I, I, I think that they're destined to be like the best regular season college basketball team forever, but just can't get to that next level when it comes to the tournament. It's just different playing in the WCC or the WAC, whatever they're in. Um, it's it's just not the same game when you're playing in, in gyms that are uh, for 1,100 to 3,000 people, and then you end up in uh, you know the Colts stadium to play in a Final Four. I just don't believe that that is uh, e easy and I think that that's what fails them every single year so I'm not betting on Gonzaga or the state of Washington for this one I guess if I had to throw out a, a complete Hail Mary um, you know Wisconsin at plus 1700 is a little interesting just because I think the Badgers um, are primed to make a, a run to the playoff or, or to the tournament uh, again this year and uh, you know that's pretty good odds I think that's better odds that you could get if you just picked Wisconsin and then you get some other teams maybe uh, you know uh, Marquette or UW Milwaukee or something like that sneaks in and uh and 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 you get those added bonuses for betting on Wisconsin so just a fun one to look at I mean it's all about keeping things fresh and remember if you're looking at DraftKings you could put as little as a dollar on these things you don't have to mortgage the house on you know the state of Oregon to win a national championship for you but if you put a buck here or a buck there you could end up with 20 30 40 bucks uh depending on how it all shakes out so I think this one is just pure fun and I like to look at things like that yeah, that is an interesting one. I, I would take a gander at the state of Michigan, I think, because I think the Wolverines are pretty darn good, and it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan State made some noise. I, I Look, I, I don't think they'll win the championship, but if stranger things happen, yeah, we've seen seven or eight seeds get to the, the, the final four and in the championship game, even in recent years that's happened. So I might take a look at the state of Michigan there if I'm looking to bet the state winner. Now, speaking of Michigan, the Big Ten Conference champion, John, again, they're not going to play that in Chicago this year. That was the original plan. But that's been moved down to Indianapolis. And I think a lot of the reasoning there was they're going to play the NCAA tournament entirely in the state of Indiana this year. So with the, the COVID safety protocols in place for the NCAA tournament, why not just uh, use those the, the few days leading up to it and run the Big Ten tournament there as well. So this year in the Big Ten tournament, let me give you the odds. Of course, we can't bet on Illinois or Northwestern because we're in the state of Illinois and that's that's forbidden by state law. So we got 12 teams available. You got Michigan plus 225 to win the conference championship. Ohio State's plus 300. Iowa's plus 430. Wisconsin's plus 800. Purdue plus 1300. Rutgers plus 1700. Uh, Michigan State plus 3,500, Minnesota plus 4,500, Indiana plus 6,000, Maryland plus 10,000, 
Penn State plus 20,000. If you really want to take a, a chance on something, Fred Hoiberger's Nebraska's Cornhuskers, they are plus 100,000. Bet 100, win 100 grand back, boy. You're probably throwing your money away on Nebraska. So anything stand out for you here, John, with the Big Ten Conference winner? Well, the Big Ten's been so interesting and so compelling all year long because uh, the top spot seems to keep shifting between Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa at the beginning of the year. All of these teams had uh, once been called the best of the conference or the class of the conference, if you will. But now, uh, every all of those teams I just mentioned are definitely going to the playoff, but it's a question of how, how hot are you going to get in the three or four day span of the Big Ten tournament? So if I'm looking at somebody with maybe a little bit of value on this, board I don't think a lot of people have been paying attention to Rutgers this year uh kind of a throwaway uh, member of the Big Ten when it comes to basketball lately they haven't really made much of a splash but they've had some tough games I think they beat Purdue uh once or twice this year who's uh, just outside of that class of the top of the the Big Ten like I just described and uh they've also just played uh Illinois tough Michigan tough um they have a, a really good system of guards that uh really like to shoot the ball and, and can put up a lot of points quickly. And that always helps you in a condensed tournament atmosphere. So at plus 1,700, the Scarlet Knights, not a bad look. Uh, but for who I actually think is going to win, you know, Illinois certainly has a great shot. However, they've lately just been playing some uh, up-and-down basketball. I mean, in the game uh, just last week where uh, Desumu got hurt, uh, you know, they were trailing pretty mightily in that game to Michigan State. They ended up coming back at the end, but just dig themselves into a hole dug themselves into a hole like they have uh, I remember a game against Northwestern early in the year where uh, Northwestern was up by close to 20 points I believe at half and uh, Illinois had to claw back to win that game and, and Northwestern I don't think hasn't won a game in two months so uh, they have the opportunity to play some uh, underwhelming ball and you can't do that in a conference tournament so I don't know if I want to back the Illini in just uh, the, the playing against teams that know them so very well like their conference mates do so if I have to pick a winner um, not based on value or anything like that I think Iowa is going to be my pick I mean Luca Garza is just absolutely a monster he's he's one of the most dominant players I can remember in the college level in terms of just scoring the basketball and really doing it all on the court so give me Iowa in the Big Ten Conference Tournament I just like them to get hot at the right time kind of stopped been being talked about since uh, Illinois came up uh, and, and has now risen to the number five team in the country. Same with Ohio State, who's cracked the top 10 for now uh, a few weeks. So I'm going to look at Iowa, just kind of a, a feel-good pick. We'll see what happens, though, when they head to Indy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin here, plus 800. The Badgers have had a lot of success in this event over the years. I, I think at plus 800, you're getting some value with Wisconsin. And also, John, you mentioned Rutgers at plus 1,700. If you want to reach out a little bit more, that team's had some success as well. They're about 500 in the conference as we speak. But still, they've been able to play competitively with some of the better teams in the league. And this is one of those, again, it's one of those knockout events. A lot of surprising things happen. Northwestern hasn't won as we speak since uh, the calendar year turn, but it wouldn't stun me if you can't bet on them, but they knocked out somebody maybe they shouldn't. There, these things happen in the conference tournaments for whatever reason, a lack of focus by some of the better teams. Uh, the, the teams, the lesser teams, look at this as uh, their NCAA championship game to play uh, before usually, you know, a national TV audience on cable. These games are usually available. So it's a really a, an idea, for example, if you're, you know, one of the better teams, like I said, you're looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. Are, how focused are you going to be? But if you're one of these teams that knows you have no chance, win a game or two in this event, not that much a surprise. It blows up the bracket and anything can happen. So I would look at Wisconsin plus 800. 
and Rutgers plus 1,700. Now, also, real quick, I want to throw this out there because the Big 12, one of the unbeaten teams all season has been Baylor. But I look at the Big 12 Conference Championship right now as far as uh, the tournament goes. And when you look at that in the Big 12 Conference, Baylor is a minus 167 to win that league in the conference tournament. Uh, Kansas is plus 600. West Virginia also plus 600. Texas is plus 700. Texas Tech is plus 800. I don't think Baylor is going to win that tournament. It's just a gut feeling. It's nothing inside information I have. I, I don't have a, an encyclopedia looking ahead two or three weeks to determine exactly what is going to happen. But just just knowing the way the Big 12 Conference Tournament usually plays out, i take a look. If you want to make some money, I'd like to look at Kansas and especially Texas Tech, but maybe even West Virginia as well. You can get, again, Kansas and West Virginia at 6-1. to one. Texas Tech is 8-1 to one odds right now. I would take a look at those because I think one of those three teams, and most likely I think it'll be Kansas or Texas Tech winning the Big 12 Championship Tournament. Yeah, definitely. I think that, like I mentioned, I usually like to back the Blue Bloods, although it's been a pretty rough year for Blue Bloods across the board. You know, Duke is fighting for their playoff lives. We've seen North Carolina kind of have an up and down year. Uh, Kansas, you know, not being the, the top of the Big 12 just seems odd with Baylor uh, being the runaway best team in that conference. So maybe I would take a look at Kansas here at plus 600. That's pretty good odds. You, you usually don't see that. You would usually see maybe minus 600, as history would show, uh, with the way that Bill Self usually performs in the Big 12. Uh, but I like Texas, too. I, I think that's been a pretty rough uh, conference schedule for all of those teams. The Big 12 just usually ends up with some really good players, and you have to come to play every single night. I mean, uh, going to Oklahoma State, going to Oklahoma uh, going to West Virginia, like you said, it, they're just tough places to play. So all these teams uh, feel pretty hardened and battle-tested to me, and, and Baylor's managed to sit atop it all, all along. So they're an interesting pick. Uh, you know, when you're looking into the, to a team to back for the uh, tournament as a whole. But for specifically the Big 12 tournament, uh, I, I think I, I'm going to look at uh, Kansas at plus 600 just because you don't see it that often. And if there's anything I know about Bill Self is that he will not miss an NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, it would be very fitting for him to backdoor be a champion for uh, the Big 12, even though Baylor's been the best team uh, by winning the, uh, the, the Big 12 tournament. It, it would be a, an incredible uh, finish to a year that I'm sure is looked at as a disappointment by some Kansas fans because, you know, they've just penciled themselves in as uh, the Big 12 champions for the rest of time. But uh, it, it's got to be an interesting one. This tournament has the opportunity for me to be uh, one of the, the better ones of all the conferences out there just because these teams, uh, I think, play such a, a cool style of basketball. They have playmakers. They have stars. Great coaches. And, and, and all that just kind of combines to some really entertaining basketball. So I'm going to be watching this one and hoping for Kansas at plus 600. Yeah, I like that thought, the way you're going with that one. Certainly, that does look like one that Bill Self will excel in that Big 12 tournament here in a couple of weeks. Now, real quick, John, before we wrap up this week's episode of State Lines, he is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. You can catch us all the time, giving you the best gambling information out there. Uh, a, a few interesting uh, finds I, I looked at here on DraftKings. There is a Selection Sunday tab. So, it's Selection Sunday coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, a few teams listed that I found really interesting. Will they or will they not make the NCAA tournament? The first one is Duke. 
Uh, yes, minus 200, no, plus 158. I think the Blue Devils are going to get in. They've been playing a lot better basketball here in the since the calendar year turned. But uh, really, they are a bubble team at this point, though. Uh, that Duke name, you know the NCAA tournament would like to get them in. But by no means is that definitely going to be the case. So what do you think? Are the Dukies and Coach K going to have their uh, lovers and haters tune into the NCAA tournament this year and guarantee at least Duke one game? Or will Coach K be sitting home for the first time in a long time? Well, you mentioned, Jason, that, uh, you know, Duke uh, has been playing a lot better recently. And I think that they've played well enough to earn their, you know, selective bias, if you will. They're kind of the Notre Dame now of college basketball, where if there's two teams with identical resumes, Duke and another, you know, mid-major school, they're going to go to Duke 10 times out of 10, just the way that Notre Dame ends up in the college football playoff every year, because that's what people want to see. Whether you like it or not, whether you're a fan or you're a hater, uh, Duke is going to draw more people to the tournament. And if it's even a fringe possibility that they could be in, I think that they make it in as an at-large bid over a team that, you know, hasn't weathered an entire ACC schedule. Uh, I think everybody wants Duke you know to be in it one way or another just to root against or root for them I think the selection committee uh, as much as people think you know it, it kind of gets a, a pass unlike the college football committee where you know they get scrutinized all the time for their decisions the uh, college basketball committee gets it uh, gets a little bit more of a pass for some of their decisions but I think they'll factor it in here you got to have Duke in the tournament right even if they're you know having an underwhelming year they, they've started to play well enough they beat Virginia the other night with a you know, a pretty exciting finish. So maybe that'll turn their season around. But uh, yeah, I, I see them making it. I see them winning a couple games in the ACC tournament to go back to what we were just talking about that. Uh, and, and I think that would be enough to uh, uh, push Duke over the edge and uh, lock up an at-large spot. Maybe it's, you know, 61, 62, 63. Not saying that they're going to be a high seed or anything like that. But I think they find a way in just on name alone, which is unfortunate, but makes for good TV at the end of the day. And that's what the NCAA tournament is all about, rolling in that money for the NCAA and the colleges and getting those viewers. And Duke certainly brings the eyeballs, no doubt about that. How about Indiana? They are minus 152 to make the tournament, no plus 120. I, I think I'm going to go no here. Uh, they beat Iowa a couple times, but they don't have a lot of other good wins other than those two big victories. And I think Indiana is going to have to play well in the conference tournament to get in. Certainly possible when a couple of games there finish the regular season strong. But right now, if I had a bet, I would say... Indiana to make the tournament no at plus 120. Yeah, and, and you really got to be uh, starting to get nervous if you're Archie Miller. I mentioned him uh, earlier in the show as a young coach that was hired out of his position in Dayton where he got to the tournament a few times and uh, he was brought into Bloomington to you know reset that program. And uh, you talk about Blue Bloods, Indiana would be considered one of them, although it hasn't really felt like it for maybe 10 years now when uh, uh, Tom Crean was there and they had the Cody Zeller year where they uh, beat Kentucky and it was just, you know, an incredible seed uh, in Bloomington. People thought Indiana basketball was back, took a little bit of a uh, turn for the worse there at the end of Crean's uh, legacy. And uh, now Miller, you know, really hasn't been able to get his footing. He's been there now, I think four or five years. So he's had a full recruiting class come through, had some decent players come through the program, but hasn't really gained any footing in the big 10. I, I also think he He's uh, underperformed against his in-state rival, Purdue. I don't think he's beaten uh, the Boilermakers since he's been head coach, which is uh, definitely not.
not sitting well with the alumni, if I had to guess. So he really needs a win, and I would think he really needs to get into this tournament if he wants to, uh, you know, put the the doubters to rest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back for one more year. I don't know his contract status, uh, but the the Hoosiers certainly need to to figure it out quickly because they've been kind of stuck in in neutral for a while, just. Being a middle-of-the-road uh, Big Ten team, not winning a ton of conference games, not making any deep runs into the tournament. So the motivation is certainly there, but I think I'm with you, Jason. I, I don't think they're going to get in. Um, they do have the the pedigree, and and they do have the name recognition if they were into, were to be in that position. But as of the time of recording, I don't think they're even listed on a, on a last four out or anything like that list, uh, or first four out, I should say. So I, I'm going to say no. Uh, I, it seems like that's uh, the consensus or the favorite in this position and I think that's right I don't think the Hoosiers are going dancing yeah and that's not what you said there about Archie Miller too that's not a very good job look there are two very overrated jobs in sports number one is the Michigan football job that's not the the Ohio State job because the Michigan football job you do not have the talent pool in the state of Michigan at the high school football level to recruit like anybody who coaches Ohio State that is a wonderful state for high school football talent Michigan not so much and the Indiana basketball job similar Indiana is a great state as far as the high school basketball tradition but turning out NBA type talent on a regular basis and who you're recruiting against and who you have to go up if you're a national re- looking at national recruiting, it, it's not some of these other jobs out there. So that's not like, oh, my goodness, you're coaching Duke, you're coaching North Carolina, you're coaching Kansas, uh, you're coaching some of these you know top-notch legacy teams like Kentucky. I know they're having a down year, and you're just going to pull in guys from the entire country. It's not like that at Indiana. So Crean uh, couldn't get it done there. It doesn't look like Archie Miller is going to get it done. Maybe he'll turn it around and prove me wrong. But uh, Kelvin Sampson actually did do a pretty good job there. And then you got to go back to Bob Knight to really, and that's a different era. Bob Knight's basketball style. Look, I'm a huge Bob Knight fan. I've always liked the guy. I, I would, if he, if I could turn back the clock, I'd love for my son to play for Bob Knight. But the world's not that way anymore. A lot of kids don't want to go through the toughness it takes to play for Bobby, would have taken to play for Bobby Knight. So uh, that style of coach wouldn't work down in there in Bloomington these days either. So it's a different world. And I, I don't think present day Indiana's a great job to have if you're a coach. And I, I don't think the Hoosiers are getting in this year. Now, final one. Uh, I'll just throw this one out there before we close out the show. Xavier uh, from the Big East, yes, plus 102 to get in, no, minus 127. The Big East is not having a great season. Villanova's always good, but after that, you know, a few teams down, it's a little shaky. I don't think Xavier's getting in May. So that'll wrap it up for this edition of State Lines. Hope you enjoyed the pro football futures and college hoops talk as well. We'll be back with you real soon with a lot more great gambling information. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.